Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. What's up, what's up, and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. You know, no matter what is going on in our world, in our society, the one constant will always be the National Football League. Yes, you and I are going through the quarantine with us, our family, uh, people that we know, friends. But, you know, the one thing for sure is that COVID-19 will not define us. This era will not define us. And I'm hoping that everything is good with you and your family as we move forward here. I will do what I always do is is try to give you the best in sports talk conversation, entertainment, um, to be able to get away from our everyday issues and problems. COVID-19 is more than just an issue and a problem. It is a pandemic. And... Um, we will continue to do what we do here and to give you uh, the best in sports conversation right here on ESPN 1000. The one constant when it comes to sports in general is the National Football League. It will just continue to roll no matter what. We know what's going on with COVID-19. We know the postponements that are taking place all throughout sports, but the NFL is open for business. It's just going to go on. Roger Goodell says the show's going to go on, including the NFL draft. It will be conducted as scheduled on April 23rd to the 25th. There's only three sports figures that have their doors open and saying that we're going to do what we do best, and that's to entertain. It's Roger Goodell from the National Football League. It's Vince McMahon from the WWE. And what's going on with the UFC right now and Dana White? They are trying to find desperately an opportunity for them to do what they do and to put on UFC fights. But I want to focus on Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, because it is interesting that everything we're going through with all the postponements, the NFL continues to be open for business. You take a look at Goodell and his time with the NFL as commissioner. I think that he's one of the worst commissioners that we've seen in sports in general, and a lot of it is not necessarily his fault, some of it is and some of it's not. We'll kind of go through the list of things with Roger Goodell. You know, he's as polarizing as any commissioner that we've ever seen in sports. He has had to be able to levy fines and suspensions and rulings that no other commissioner has had to endure. It makes him bad because it's like, yes, we've never been here before, but some of the rulings that he's put forth, it's always been kind of head-scratching. So... You think about how he suspended Sean Payton, the coach for the New Orleans Saints, for Bounty Gate for a year, but yet suspended Tom Brady for four games for Deflate Gate without Bill Belichick missing any games. The National Football League had a referee lockout at one point under Roger Goodell, and he put out their replacement refs. Could not come to an agreement. Instead, he put out replacement refs. And actually, when you think about how brutal those replacement refs are, you take a look at refs now in 2020, what's the difference in some instances, right? Roger Goodell, he decided to really put an interest into CTE and concussions and brain damage. The NFL reached a settlement of over $765 million on CTE. And because of this... The game has had more penalties than I could ever remember. 
The game is so start and stop now, it's almost hard to watch on Sundays when you watch the NFL. The physicality is gone from the game because of the settlement, because of CTE, the fear that every time you take a step on the field, every time you put on a helmet, that you could put yourself in a position to get concussions. Listen, we played football before, and some of us on an organized level. You know the risks that take place when you put on that uniform, you put on that helmet, and you know that there's going to be a, a semblance of CTE if you play at a certain position, if you continue to play hard. The more you play it, the more likely that you could be able to get CTE. It's, all, it's been part of the game for a long time. But now we see the NFL and the physicality is totally t- taken out of the sport, and it's not the same sport it was not even 10 years ago. All the things that Roger Goodell's had to go over, Michael Vick and dealing with PEDs and domestic violence and player politics and sexual assault with Roethlisberger and Manning. And now you get to this in 2020 where Roger Goodell says that we're open and we're going to have not only our free agency, but we're also going to have the National Football League draft. I was reading on The Athletic today a number of things regarding Roger Goodell and whether or not this is a good idea or not to be able to have the NFL draft coming up between April 23rd and the 25th. As the story goes, this, for every sports fan in America who's starved for any morsel of live sports in a time where the coronavirus has the entire globe paralyzed and every sporting event canceled or postponed, was welcome news to many. The NFL draft is the most popular sporting event that doesn't actually take place in season with games played. Day two remains intriguing with the second and third rounds, which produce many starters and future starters. And day three usually becomes an event of true football junkies and nerds. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, we see backups and long shots. It's kind of like an interesting look at what could be for um, for NFL hopefuls as we talk about Roger Goodell with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I read Jimmy Trania from the uh, Sports Illustrated. Jim Trania talked about how Roger Goodell threatens employees to keep quiet in his memo. Trania's thoughts. From Jimmy's piece, he talks about every since, ever since the coronavirus exploded in this country, we're put on lockdown. But from Adam Schefter from ESPN, Trania talks about how in Roger Goodell's memo that was served out, says that he is going to make sure that if you criticize the league's stance of going forward through and having the draft, if there's any public discussion of the issues relating to the draft, it serves no useful purpose, and it's going to be disciplinary action. Just think about Roger Goodell when he first came into the league, just ruling with an iron fist. He wanted to make sure that it was his league. He's going to clean up this town. He had the big old sheriff badge, and he was going to be the guy to change the NFL. And I will say, in some ways, yes, when it comes to getting a stadium built in Los Angeles and being able to do some things on a financial end to try to help the owners. But when it comes to taking a look at the NFL overall, it's not the same sport as we saw even just a decade ago, 15, 20 years ago. And I understand that there's progress, but then there's things like Roger Goodell putting a memo out telling NFL personnel, hey, don't criticize my thought on moving forward through and having the draft. I mean, it, it really tells you where you are in a position of authority when you are telling personnel in the NFL, don't criticize our thoughts about having the draft. 
Well, here's the thing about having the draft. As someone who is a college football fan, it's always kind of emotional for me because I invest so much time on Saturdays watching some of these great college football players, and they graduate to the next level. It's like going to a graduation when I watch the draft. Like all these guys I invest time watching on Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. when the uh, Hawaii game is over. I I spend so much time watching these guys. And so now they graduate to the next level and they go into the NFL. And that's great. It's always a great time because it's the draft. From my standpoint, it's the college guys being able to graduate. And from your standpoint as an NFL fan, it's about who can help improve your team right away. Who are the stars that will be coming out of this upcoming class? I totally get it. But how there's such a dictator feel to Goodell is ready to take action against anyone from the league who questions his NFL decision to go ahead with the draft on April 23rd. So you can't have a voice, you can't have an opinion if you play for the NFL or someone that's a head coach or someone in the front office. Listen, if someone says, I don't think it's a good idea because of what's going on with coronavirus, I, you know, if I'm a commissioner, I don't have a problem with it because you can speak your piece and say what you have to say. But as the commissioner, if I feel that it's best for us to be able to give a distraction to people that want to have live sports, we're going to move forward with the draft. It's going to be a whole different draft. It's going to be completely different than what it was supposed to be. It's going to be a lot of stuff on Skype and a lot of stuff that's on video where you can see the, the draft picks being selected. But people will watch because it's live and because it's different and new. And we'll be able to get that information. And so no matter what is going on, I understand as we read the news every day, about 3.3 million people had to file for unemployment and 80,000 people uh, or more have tested positive for the coronavirus, depending on where you are. I totally understand that. But for the NFL, for Roger Goodell, he feels I'm just going to move forward anyway and just do what I do and to be able to provide entertainment. It does not come across well. But if you know Roger Goodell, this is no surprise, right? This is no surprise. He looks at it as, well, this is not being on the field in August and September. This is just holding an event to try to appease fans and sponsors more than likely as well. That's going to be able to be attached to this whole thing. But here's the thing that I look at. I look at what some of these people have said that are in the front office of some of these NFL teams. I read Amy Trask's piece on the uh, athletic.com just for moments before we came on. And Trask was a former front office person with the Oakland Raiders. And she writes a column now for the athletic. And she talked about how she talked to several uh, front office people that say that this should never go on off the record. Of course, they would never put their name to it. They said off the record that this is just going to, this is not going to be good at all. How is it that we're going to have this event taking place? We can't see the players. We can't evaluate the players. And I read that piece and I started laughing. I'm thinking, well, these are people that are probably 50, 60, 70 years of age. Don't even know what FaceTime is. Don't even know what Instagram is. Don't know how to be able to contact people without the use of, of dialing their number on their cell phone that they barely know how to work. And so I thought it was funny to, to, to see some of these older gentlemen that are in front office positions not being able to evaluate talent because he, they, don't, they can't give the handshake because they don't see them up front and personal. I thought that that was kind of interesting to see that. 
here's the thing I, I look at here with everything that's going on with the NFL and the NFL draft. I know Roger Goodell, based on all the things that he's done, some things that I've not liked and some things that it's like, okay, well, he's got to do what he thinks is best for his business. But for the draft to take place is not a surprise to me as a fan because Roger Goodell is going to do what he wants to do. And on for some people thinking that, well, all these other sports are, are postponed and nothing's going on. Why is this mo- taking place? Why is Roger Goodell having this? Because Roger Goodell only cares about the NFL doesn't care about uh, the perception, doesn't care about people giving him a thumbs down. Or And here's the thing. He's not concerned about approve, uh, approval ratings. He's just concerned about the business of the NFL. So the draft's going to take place. And I would not be surprised, by the way, if the NFL starts on time. Because, again, if you know Roger Goodell, he's going to try to push it through just like Vince McMahon, just like Dana White. They're um, just going to try to push it through. And just have football, whether they're fans in the stadium or not, does not matter. So it may feel like some tone deafness there from Roger Goodell. But when you think about his suspension unfairly to Sean Payton for uh, Bounty Gate for a year, not for six games, for a year. When you think about his suspension of Tom Brady for Deflate Gate for four games and some of the other things that he's levied out there. His idea of being able just to hold on and say, hey, we got our NFL free agency in our draft. We're just going to move forward. That doesn't surprise me at all for Roger Goodell. And, of course, if you're an NFL fan, you get what you want, right? You get your NFL draft. Now, here's what happens. When we get to September, will we have football? It's a big question about that. All right, coming up, we talk about a talk about the season, right? This is supposed to be what week in like week one, week two of the Major League Baseball season. It was supposed to start last Thursday. And so now here we are on Monday, there's no baseball. But here's the question what are some of these players doing uh, in their off time that when there's no baseball? We will hear from some of those players coming up next as you're listening to Under the Hood. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. Glad that you're with us here on this Monday night. So, during this time on March 30th, we should have been hosting Chicago, the baseball show, right? The Chicago baseball show, talk about the Cubs and White Sox, but because there's no season, I can still talk Cubs and Sox, and I will be doing a lot of that here while we have our postponement during this um, this interruption of sports. We will talk some Cubs and Sox for sure all throughout this, but this was supposed to be the time where we were supposed to talk, you really get deep into the season and, and what we could see uh, for the Cubs and Sox and everything else, Major League Baseball. I look at baseball in general, though, as a sport that, on one hand, is really doing well financially, but also a sport that really needs butts and seats to be able to garner even more uh, revenue. Um, I, I look at the National Football League with their TV deal, and I take a look at the NBA with their deal, and and I know that the NBA and NFL are different when it comes to the economic dynamic. It's it's um, we'll have some experts on to talk about that in the very near future about what the NBA is losing during this time of quarantine and postponement. 
But nevertheless, when we take a look at Major League Baseball, you know, baseball already has its um, individual deals because it's so regional. But baseball still does well financially. But baseball still needs to be able to be more modern. Baseball reminds me so much of the NCAA rule book in that the NCAA rule book is, is still archaic and behind the times in some ways, where there could be something that's happening in 2020, and they refer to bylaws that were written 30, 40 years ago and try to apply what was relevant then to now, and this is hard to do. Baseball in, in really needs to take a look at where they are right now, because who knows when the sport will return. Will it return by the time we get to Memorial Day or June, July? I have no idea. But more than likely, we're going to have a really shortened season for Major League Baseball. And I've been maintaining that the Major League Baseball season should start in March and end in August. And the playoffs should be in September. We take a look at the sports calendar. And we'll see that when we get to March, yes, there's March Madness, and yes, it's the the pyro and ballyhoo and all of the things that come along with March Madness. There's a celebration, especially amongst college fans, about what happens uh, during March Madness for the national championship. People really enjoy that event uh, in abundance. April is usually the NFL draft, but again, we're in full swing of Major League Baseball season. Then we start trudging through to May and June and July, get to the All-Star break in July, and in August. Now, it goes all the way through September, and then the playoffs usually start in October, as you well know, in Major League Baseball. But I, I contend that March should be the start of baseball as much as possible. It's so hard to start in early March for a lot of teams because, of course, the weather uh, across this country. Uh, if you're in a dome stadium, if you're in a warm climate like in Florida or in uh, Arizona or California, you're pretty safe. Point is, though, is that baseball should really take a look at September playoffs and ending it there. Uh, the television numbers for the World Series and the playoffs are not as good as they used to be because college football and the NFL, and the NFL doesn't really get started until October, November when it comes to uh, big-time ratings. But September is when the bell starts for both college and pro. And that's when, if you don't have a hot wild card uh, game that's taking place uh, or, or implications for the playoffs, you know, people are waiting until October for the playoffs for Major League Baseball. So I would say that March, April, May, June, July, August, and September for the playoffs would be best for Major League Baseball. Now, here's the one thing that I'll never convince owners, and you know this like I do. Well, I'll never convince owners that they should cut the season down to 140 games, 120 games, because they love that revenue. They say, well, how do you make up the revenue would be, that we'd lose if we're not playing 162 games? It's a long grind. Even for some people, the NBA season's a long grind. I don't agree with that. I think that's, I, think I can deal with that. But when it comes to Major League Baseball, someone who is a huge baseball fan and was for a long time, growing up as a kid, as baseball was my first love, I understand that sometimes you got to modernize some things here to make sure that your sport is relevant, not from a financial standpoint, but generationally where you get butts and seats and you have fans coming to the games. And again, financially, baseball is doing fine, but they can always do better in the in, when you take a look at this, the landscape of sports, where's baseball amongst the best sports now in 2020, not 1975 and not in the eighties and the nineties. I'm talking about right now. 
And that's the issue. Uh, the popularity of the sport has, is waning in a big way, but they can still modernize it in which there'd be more fans for this generation, millennials moving forward, that can really enjoy the sport. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. I was wondering about some of the players that we cover on a regular basis, like Tim Anderson or um, Anthony Rizzo for the Cubs and the White Sox and how they're getting ready. So let's hear from Tim Anderson first. Uh, he was on SportsCenter. I was watching some of this on Sunday. Tim Anderson was talking about how the Sox are getting themselves ready whenever the bell rings. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because you're coming off such a great season. And then the White Sox mm-hmm. made this big splash in free agency, bringing in Yasmani Grandal and Edwin Encarnacion and Dallas Keuchel. Big expectations for the South Side. So how have you dealt with, I guess, the disappointment of not being able to get out there and play? Oh, man, just really... You know, like I said, just really just taking this time and, uh, you know, just really giving us more time to prepare. So when it is time to get out there, we, uh, we're off on the ground and running. Um, but also, you know, there's guys still around the facility. So uh, we're really having time to, you know, build those relationships and kind of get used to them. So how have you been able and, to... Uh, those are two of the guys that are still around. So how have you actually been able to stay in touch with your teammates? Is the facility open? Is that what I understand that you're saying it's still open? Yeah, it's... It's still open. Uh, we still go in and, uh, you know, get the workouts that we need. Uh, you can still hit and stuff. So, uh, you know, just really still trying to stay ahead and uh, still trying to prepare in the best way that we know how. So when time is ready, uh, we are ready. You know, it is frustrating to be able to be, be quarantined and going through this pandemic. But you also, you know, what else is very frustrating is is Skype or whatever, Zoom or whatever the – the video components being used for these interviews, news and sports. Uh, we haven't improved that technology yet, have we? I mean, is it, it's as if you can, I could do an interview from here to New York and there would be like a seven second or eight second gap still in 2020. How's that happening, by the way? It, I, I watch this on news all the time. You heard Tim Anderson in that interview, right? And like the, his video is, is slowing down and speeding up. And it's like that technology still isn't as strong as it should be. That thing should be, in 2020, that thing should be, I ask a question and you give me the answer. But it, it's as if, if I'm in America, I'm interviewing someone from Iraq. And it's like this 20-second delay. You could drive a bus through some of these interviews that you're hearing right now between the question and the answer. It, it's amazing. It's great. You can't turn on a TV show right now because everyone's doing their hits and, and their, their live look-ins from home. So like everyone you have, it's, it's them interrupting each other because they're not used to the delay. <laughs> And then it's just so funny because everyone in the first like three questions of every interview, everyone's so confused and discombobulated. It's really entertaining, but you're right. It's like it's like everyone's on the moon trying to send a signal. I don't know. It's crazy considering the technology that's in our hands with cell phones. We're struggling to do live feeds. Eric, this should have been this should have been cleaned by now. This should shouldn't this be tighter by now, or do we have to wait another ten fifteen years? For this, I, I mean, I, I'm shocked that it's still this bad. Like, <laughs> that was a, that was an interview from let me think, Bristol, Connecticut to Florida. No, no, Arizona. That's because that's where the yeah. Sox are training. Unless I, I think he was in Arizona where the Sox were. It training. sounded like he's still at the facility. I will yeah. say this: the Zoom, I guess it's green screen effect that they've got is unbelievable. It's better than like your average green screen. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you can change your backdrop to different like pictures, that. and it's unbelievable how well it works. You don't need a, an actual green screen or anything. 
I just I just don't think that we have to have uh, we still got MySpace technology. We're still we're still exactly. Tom's side. still running everything. <laughs> Tom like, from MySpace still running the technology. I like well, you know, Tyler makes a good point. Like you can at least the look is different, which is great. You can have your own green screen, which I never thought we'd ever get that to that point. Man, that's that's amazing that you can be able to do that. I mean, I'm I'm amazed with some things that I grew up with versus where we are now. But that that delay still is a thing, which is just amazing. Um, Anthony Rizzo was on Captain Company. He's talking about players here that's trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, is Rizzo good with a shorter season? Yeah, I think it's an opportunity for. It's going to be a one-off season, so it's. I think it's a good opportunity to start throwing in one-off things. You know, let's let's make this game as exciting as we can, and it's going to be a sprint. So, uh, whatever whatever we got to do, we want to play as many games as we can, um, double headers, whatever it is, we we want to play. So, well, uh, when when that gets all going, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of crazy ideas thrown out there. But I don't think anything's crazy at this point when when it comes to starting back up and scheduling and travel and all that. I think whatever we can do to bring the best entertainment and a, and a different kind of spark that baseball brings, because, you know, the longevity of the season, the dog days, we can, you know, if it's a short season and we can make it just exciting from the get-go, that would be really good for the game and good for entertainment for everyone. Yeah, I want seven-inning doubleheaders. I want DH in both leagues. And if there's any kind of crazy suggestion, let's try it, man. It's gonna not going to be 162 anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, extra innings. Let's see. Let's let's do something crazy there. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things that I think will will be uh, the players will be you know we'll definitely give it a look and, and thought because. It's going to be a quick season. Uh, hopefully, we're starting as soon as possible. But by the looks of everything, it, we're going to we're going to be bunkered down here for a little bit. <laughs> the, the baseball traditionalists have their heads just blown off their shoulders right now with some of those ideas. <laughs> it's, it just won't happen. These seam heads want baseball the way they've always had it, and that is, you go to extra innings, you go there until four thirty in the morning, whatever it takes. I mean, this is this is what baseball's tradition has been built on. And it, it, keep in mind, this is simple. Simply put, if anyone argues with you on social media or face to face about baseball. And how baseball needs to be quicker and baseball needs to be like soccer or it's got to be more like basketball or whatever. So always tell them, it's hard for you to control anything in baseball without a clock. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Like, that should end the conversation right there. All these other sports that we cover, right, all have a clock. And with Major League Baseball... Major League Baseball still is without a clock. You just kind of leisurely go through. Yeah, they're trying to you know speed some things up with the and the, the uh, intentional walk and you know the the whole use of the bullpen has changed now. But baseball still is behind because it has no clock. So you can't speed up a game that has no clock. Just remember that. All right, coming up. There are a lot of what-ifs when it comes to the NBA. Um, I tell you one thing. When you take a look at this National Basketball Association season, if we're not going to have a season, there's going to be some changes, and maybe major changes over the next year plus. We'll address that next right here on Under the Hood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. How you doing? Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. (laughs) 
Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. We'll talk some NFL draft coming up at 8 o'clock. Every night at 8 o'clock we'll have a draft guest to talk about what's going to happen with the Bears and the NFL draft. So if you're interested in what the next generation of NFL players will be like, we'll have it for you every night on Under the Hood at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. I love college football, love the pros, so we get a chance to talk a little bit about it both every night at 8 o'clock as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. So <laughs> I don't know, you know, there's a lot of sports that I'm missing right now. I think that we're all missing. But there were so many intriguing storylines going into this NBA season. I'm just looking at the standings, just kind of looking at the Eastern and Western Conference in front of me on my iPad. And I'm looking at Milwaukee, for instance, right? Milwaukee, uh, at 53-12 and 12 as the season was postponed. They're on a roll, the best team in the Eastern Conference with Giannis Antetokounmpo. And watching Giannis and watching this team being able to develop, they were just a juggernaut this year. We lost 12 games as the best one-loss record of any team in the NBA. The story of the Toronto Raptors. Watching the Raptors um, without Kawhi Leonard, but yet as they solidified as the second-best team in the Eastern Conference, not really taking too much of a step back because they still have 46 wins at the time the season stopped. Boston, 43-21, and 21, solid. They already solidified their third seed um, in the Eastern Conference. Then Miami was on their way with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler with Miami Heat and watching Bam Adebayo and some of the young parts of that team. Really intriguing team to watch. Indiana with Victor Oladipo returning when he took on the Bulls. <clears throat> that was the first time that uh, Oladipo returned. And uh, the Pacers more than likely would make the playoffs. The Sixers, intriguing because the Sixers, the question is, is it Joel Embiid or is it Ben Simmons for the long haul? And that was a a head-scratcher there, how a team that with that kind of talent was the sixth seed and really underachieving um, so far this season. Then you finish out with Brooklyn and Orlando. But I think this summer, because Paul George made his move to go from uh, Oklahoma City to the Los Angeles Clippers, with the Clippers and said, wait, Kawhi Leonard's going there too with Paul George, and they're going to be the one-two punch. Then they added so much bench depth, so many quality players under Doc Rivers. There's so many things to look forward to this upcoming season, along with the Lakers. The Lakers, to me, a surprise being a first-place team of the Western Conference with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Again, is that one-two punch? And then you see the rest of that roster and you say, well, how are they 49-14? and 14? And LeBron James, a healthy LeBron James has a lot to do with that, and Anthony Davis as his sidekick getting it done in the Western Conference. So I looked at TheAthletic.com, and a really good piece by Zach Harper. And, Eric, we have not had Zach Harper on. I work with him at times on NBA radio. Yeah, get him on at some point if there's going to be a, re- a season that resumes. But Zach had a really long piece of stories that we were getting ready to watch. Like, for instance, do we want to see the Clippers and the Rockets square off? There's a lot of potential spice in the second round series. So it actually could happen. If the Rockets can prove small ball is better than the Denver Nuggets can throw them, we have a spicy second round showdown with the Clippers. 
And just talking about how Kawhi would take on James Harden. Two big-time stars approach things very differently. And you need, then you see Russell Westbrook and Paul George, that those two were teammates, and now they have to take on one another. Russell Westbrook against Patrick Beverly in a seven-game series. I mean, those two don't like each other. Uh, Russ does not like the um, the west side, the dirt on their fingernails, uh, Patrick Beverly, how he gets after it defensively. James Harden against Patrick Beverly. Just that, that whole dynamic of the role players and the star players in that matchup. If that was going to be a thing, that would have been very interesting because as we stopped here, the Clippers were a two seed and the Rockets were a six seed. And and as we stopped, we started to see the development of small ball, getting rid of the centers and just going with smaller players, kind of the pocket Rockets and how they were going about their business. Strange, right? But this is where the the NBA is in which you're not worried about centers that are plotting and clogging up the lane. They want to have as many sh- shots as possible from the outside. And, of course, as I mentioned, the Battle of Los Angeles with the Clippers and the Lakers. Los Angeles is always going to be a Lakers town. But when the Clippers went and bought their own building, the old Laker building, they own the forum now. And, by the way, what kind of G is Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, that he goes to the forum and says, I'm going to buy your stadium, and he bought it with cash. Not credit, he bought it with cash. Yeah, it must have had a Halliburton filled with cash. It was just like, okay, here we go. I'm going to buy the forum so the Clippers will have their own building. Crazy, right? How's that happen in 2020? That it's not on credit. It's not through some other kind of business dealing. Now I'm going to pay for it in cold hard cash. But that whole thing of the Lakers against the Clippers, I mean, we we won't know until we see the season resume which team would have been better in a seven game series. I have no idea. But I just know that we could have seen in the finals Kawhi against Giannis or maybe LeBron against Giannis. We will never know which one we would have had. But that that's the thing that I look at, right? I think about those things when it comes to the NBA. Uh, something else, too, I want to point out, but I want to take a call first. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776. This time of year is vital for several players and several teams, and we'll address that uh, in just a moment. Let me get to John Schomburg, who's been holding patiently on ESPN 1000. Hello, John. Hey, Jay Hood. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, I agree with you 100%. You know, all the other matchups are intriguing, but I'm more upset about not getting to see Kawhi versus LeBron in the Western Conference Finals because there's nothing more than I enjoy than watching LeBron lose. And I would have (laughs) loved to have lost again to a Kawhi Leonard-led team. And then Giannis versus Kawhi, who doesn't want to see that? And now if we don't get that this year, we may be robbed of a year of, of each of these guys' primes. And who knows if next year, if they come back, somebody gets injured or there's some fluke, you know, crazy thing that happens. And we don't get to see that. That's very disappointing to me. John, I'm glad you checked in. I hope you and your family are safe. I appreciate your phone call. Uh, that That's really well said because almost like you're looking at my yellow pad. Because I was thinking about this, about what today and the future could bring to the NBA since we don't have the league right now. It is crucial. I love how he says he loves it. Like he wants to see Kawhi smash LeBron. We, you know what? We, we could have seen that with the Lakers and Clippers at some point in the playoffs. Uh, again, Lakers are one, Clippers are two in the Western Conference. Um, but it's, it's crucial for some teams 
to be able to play now. I will say the Clippers are number one on that list of, because of what John just said. I don't know what's going through the mind of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George when it comes to the Clippers. Now, for you and me, if if the Clippers have a whole different environment, they're going to have their own building, it's a much better franchise than it was 20 years ago. Hell, five years ago because of the racist owner, Donald Sterling. But before that, it was a moribund, just a horrible franchise. Billy Crystal was the only thing holding that thing up. That's the only thing that was interesting about the Clippers, that uh, you know, it was an empty stadium, Nobody was watching those Clippers teams because they were so bad. I lived through it. I saw it. Like, when the Bulls came in there, I knew it was an automatic win because the Clippers were so horrible. They had no culture whatsoever. Now it's a completely different deal. But for teams like the Clippers, they want to. They should try to win now if they can in the rest of this season um, because if they don't, who knows what it looks like. Something else, too, LeBron James. Let's talk about him for a second. It's crucial for LeBron James to be able to get this done because I know he wants to win another championship when he had another team. A couple in Miami, one in Cleveland. He loved to win one with the Lakers. Tomorrow's not a promise for LeBron either, even though I see these videos on Instagram and I see how he's working out and staying in shape. This is the NBA's version of Tom Brady in that he is um, he's way north of 30. He has a lot of mileage in that body. He hasn't had that big devastating injury that's taken him out for an entire year. So, LeBron James knows that time is ticking as well. He'd like to win a championship right away. And if not, if there's no season, I don't know if rest is going to be the the thing that's going to be on his side as much as it is just timing, right? It's one thing to be off and working out, but it's it's about timing. I'm sure that he would love for the season just to move forward so he could try to win this championship. But I look at the free agents in 2021, right? And I'm looking at this list of free agents like... Giannis Antetokounmpo. In 2021, Giannis will be an unrestricted free agent. I'm just going with the UFAs right now, the unrestricted free agents. The the players that will be on available, Giannis and Kyle Lowry, who's going to be 35, by the way. DeMar DeRozan will be 32. Otto Porter will be 28. He'll be off the Bulls books. Rudy Gobert, touching your microphones at, at age 29. Anthony Davis will be an unrestricted free agent. He's going to be 28. I'm going through names like uh, Nicholas Batum and uh, Andre Drummond. Victor Oladipo will be 29. Um, Dennis Schroeder will be 28, a guard with Oklahoma City. There's some names here that will be available, but some of those names I mentioned at the top, I'm, I'm, I'll, th- I'll throw in I'll throw in Gordon Hayward at age 31 in there as well. But there's some names, including Anthony Davis, as I mentioned, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, where they like to find out whether or not their teams are good enough this year so that we can make, they can make the decision on whether or not they want to extend their contracts and be able to be someplace else or stay. Who knows? The biggest fear for Milwaukee Bucks fans are, is Giannis going to walk out like Kareem did, like Lou Alcindor did? Lou Alcindor winning a championship with Milwaukee said, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm going to someone someplace else. It just It's crushed Milwaukee fans. It crushed them. And so they don't want that to happen to Giannis, even though Giannis has never been part of that AAU type of culture in that he's got a team with other great superstars. It's part of the NBA culture. So it may may not be part of his coming from Greece, but he can look at the rest of the NBA landscape and say, man, how long will Milwaukee be able to give me what I need to help us win a championship? 
So it, it's it, it, so put it in this, this perspective. With this time away, it gives a lot of players an opportunity to think. And they're sitting there thinking, man, first of all, I want to play ball. But since I can't play ball, I wonder what other teams would want me. And just remember that. Keep that in mind, that players like LeBron, veteran players that are on the precipice of maybe having a year or two left maybe in the tank, teams like the Clippers, teams like the Bucks, they got to figure out who they are. And they'd love to be able to get a season uh, back underway so they can win a championship. So that way, their key players, their star players can decide whether I'm going to stay or not. Remember who runs the league in the NBA. It's the players. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Ah, yes. Here's a topic I never talk about. That's next on Under the Hood. This is Under the Hood. Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk NBA draft, NBA draft, NFL draft with Ben Hartsock, friend of the program from Series 6 and Big Ten, a talk show host, former Buckeye. We'll get his thoughts about um, the uh, NFL draft. It's going to take place here, getting his thoughts on uh, some of the quarterbacks and tight ends that we're going to see in this draft. So, Tyler, let me ask you this. When you were in school, was one of the prerequisite of being a talk show host to know about sports movies, to be able to speak eloquently about your favorite sports movie? It was not. It was uh, certainly helpful, I would say. We we did watch a number of sports movies. Actually, I probably watched more sports movies in other classes than I did in any sports class I took in college, now that I think about it. Now, see, here, here's the thing about me, and Eric knows this, because Eric's been with me the longest of, of our crew here. Eric never hears me just break out and talk about movies or quote movie lines. And the reason why is because why should I do what everyone else does? Like 90% of this country that does sports talk is quoting something from some sports movie and to get through shows. And I'm thinking, well, there's shows that I watch or movies that I watch. And actually I'm more of a small screen guy than a big screen guy. I'm more into, you hear me talk more about television shows than movies because I figure, like, everyone else is doing that, right? Every every other talk show host that you hear is quoting something from Bull Durham or from the Big Lebowski or whatever, right? So why should I? <laughs> why no, I, I get that? that. Like, everyone uses that as a trope, like, completely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like any other guy. I watch sports movies, too. But why should I just drown you with, with movie lines to try to get through dialogue or, or through a monologue? So I saw this in... A, in this is something I usually don't talk about, but I just thought, found it interesting. The Athletics Top 100 Sports Movies. And so I'll just give you the 10. And uh, uh, Rocky from 1976, the original Rocky is number one on this list, followed by Raging Bull, Hoop Dreams, Bull Durham, The Miracle, uh, The Big Lebowski is six, 
Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's funny. I, I took a me a movie. second. I'm like, Spo- yep, yep, he's a bowler. That's right. <laughs> it's a bowling movie. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> breaking away, uh, which I never saw, by the way. Um, OJ Made in America. Now there's a there's a twist for you. One of the best sports documentaries in the history of sports documentaries. Um, but was it we were- a sports documentary? It was a documentary on a murder that the athlete happened to maybe allegedly do. Yeah, it, it teeters the line for sure. Stretch the, the definitive sports story of our generation. Fair, yeah, okay. Um, I, at the time of that of the ch- chase, my sister and I were at Fun Ruckers ordering food, and I was sitting down getting ready to watch the finals. And I go, "What's going on with this OJ? Just move him out of the way so I can watch the Knicks in Houston." <laughs> yeah, get this Bronco <laughs> off my screen. Yeah, I didn't know what was. I was like, "What is this?" Anyway, uh, when we were kings or eight, Major League is tenth. Uh, made in America, uh, OJ made in America, and when we were Kings were eighth, tied, and then Major League was 10. Uh, do you have a problem with this top 10? Um, I mean, everyone, it's so subjective. We all have our own ones we like. I personally, and this is this is a hot take and a half, I do not like Rocky. Any oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, to me, they're, they're hokey. How about like, that? Like, it's, it's kind of, I was telling Tyler about this. That's how I feel about Rudy, too. Like, they're so hokey and tacky. I will say this. Rocky solved the Cold War. Every Disney sports <laughs> movie is just a rerun of itself now. I'll give you that. One There's, thing I didn't think of that you put on the Miracle is great. I didn't, that, and that's a Disney movie. That was one that I didn't, if you told me name your, your movie list, for some reason Miracle wouldn't pop to my head, and that movie is terrific. True. That's true. Um, I don't know if we're making enough good sports movies in this country. I think, I think that I can make a broad statement to say that if you have a problem with some of these on the list, and these, you're right, the Big Lebowski is a stretch because it, it is not based on bowling, but there is bowling that's involved in this. Um, then that tells you all you need to know that, that the Big Lebowski would be in the top 10. Right. So, you know, and again, I was a fan of like the, you know, the major league movies because they're funny. They're great. It's just funny. It's fine. Uh, um, but, you know, do, do all sports movies have to have some serious bent to it, though? I don't know. I mean, like, you like Sandlot, right? I love Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I so I know that about you. I know <laughs> that you're a Sandlot guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so 1993. But here's the thing. And here, this is why I don't do this on a, on a regular basis on the air is because we can go so deep into this and no one will ever have, like, a, a real definitive answer. A League of Their Own. Bad News Bears from 76. Slapshot. You know, oh, you can't sports, wasn't can't, in that top ten, which I'm surprised by. You can't do a sports talk show without being able to quote Slapshot or or Hoosiers. Fact, except except this one, because <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I never will. I enjoyed it just the way they, the way it was. It's fine, but you know, and I think as you mentioned, being subjective, right? It all depends on how, where you grew up too. Now, I grew up as a kid in the in the '70s. Some of this stuff I look back at and it's like, boy, I didn't age well. But you understand the story. I love that, by the way, Eric, that you don't like any of the Rocky stories at all. None of them. I just, there's, to me, the storylines for all of them are just ABC. They're simple. Well. Yeah. It's the, it's the 3X structure of, of television, right? Of movies. It's it's a start, a beginning, and an end. It's a little boxer here that's going to, just trying to, is trying to get out on top. He's an underdog. He's not, he's not, actually, it's funny. You're taller than Sylvester Stallone. I know, right? I Have you ever been around him? I have not, but I know that he's like five, 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 six. Dude, you can put a cup of coffee on top of his head. <laughs> Dude. I'm not going to, though. Oh, he's not going to bother you. He's just an actor. 
<laughs> I, I noticed that when I was in Vegas, by the way. I was um, I was at a fight, and Stallone was with his group. I had no idea how short he really was. I was like, wait a minute. I can hardly see him amongst that, you know, his, his group of guys that he was with. I said, my God, that guy is short. So you're saying Apollo Creed would work him in reality? Oh, my God. <laughs> Drago would just rip him in shreds. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The training scenes are entertaining, but to me, they're like laugh at entertaining. (laughs) Some of them just don't age well to you. No, that's That's exactly. But but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I won't put you like in the Tyler category in that you will watch an old movie because based on the story, because you already talked about that last week. Yeah, absolutely. Like what was the one I went back and last week we were talking about? I watched Taxi Driver for the first time, and boy, is that awesome. Yeah, see, so I won't say that you're just so young that I, I can't relate. You just don't like the story of Rocky. Yeah. Which is strong, boy. I know. Ooh. I try not to get that one out there too often because people do not like that. See, but see, on this show, I respect it. <laughs> so, yeah, right. You I did. Respect. You actually took it and it's listened. Noble. Sure. <laughs> I'll take it. Take it right out of the chin. Like, all right, he doesn't like Rocky. All right. I like Rocky. He doesn't like Rocky. Tyler, did you did you name one? Did you, did you have one? I know that was part of a class for you. Yeah, no, uh, no Space Jam on that list was criminal. <laughs> Criminal. Fish Jam's great. And I was looking all the way. I think it's all the way down in the eighties. It's like eighty three. Uh, one of my other favorite ones that I guess is technically also a sports movie, Dodgeball. That one was in the seventies as we well. Go. So. We're counting Lebowski. Dodgeball. Let's count Dodgeball. Yeah. Dodgeball is a sport. There we go. That is a sport. ESPN the Ocho. I'm so mad at ESPN. <laughs> I already talked about that. I already talked about like, dude, put on the Ocho every day. Put on like the, mm-hmm. like the the bags game and and all stone the other... skipping. Sure, stone skipping was crazy. <laughs> stone skipping is great. <laughs> Put that on. I mean, just you can might as well just roll that. Like you're not gonna cancel that, are you? Sorry, gotta cancel the stones. The stone skipping can't have that. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now, we, we can we can put those on. That's what that's what I'm all for. All right, coming up, we will talk about the NFL draft with Ben Hartsock from SiriusXM. His thoughts on what we can see in this year's draft. That's next in two minutes, right here on UTH.